not intro music. <laughs> I did hit record though. So I have to, I'll add the intro music in in my uh, professional editing uh, studio. Maybe not this evening, but sometimes. Right. You can rap. You can rap us in. You're quite the rapper. I could. I would need to prepare for that though. I don't. Uh, I don't rap like right off the cuff. I have to do my exercises and gotcha. Prepping. You got to stretch and whatnot. Yes, yes. Gotcha. You have to stretch your larynx. All right. Well, welcome once again to the Temple of the Hog, coming to you live from Deerfield Studios. Me and Todd in the house. Hope everyone's doing well. Todd, how are we? I'm doing quite well myself. Had a relaxing weekend i smoked ribs again they turned out magnificently you really you gotta kind of be an asshole to screw up some ribs they, they you well, really do you just throw them in the smoker and then when they look like they're coming off the bone you're probably good to go just there you go out. you ever watch any of those the, like the barbecue pit masters and shows like that oh yeah well i watch i get on youtube and i'll watch clips i like to watch my man justin lloyd over at cask and q Magnificent grill master. Yeah, there was one. Himself. I can't remember which one it is because you know there's so many food shows oh, and cooking shows and stuff. But it's the one where it's like the three professionals. They're going like against each other, and then there's the judges up there, and there's like the bit. There's like the the big guy, and then the older guy in the middle, and then the younger guy, and they're like judging. You know, like they they don't even know what they're cooking. They they. They're standing there, and then they go, okay, go open your ice chest, and open the ice chest, and say, okay, we want, you know, ribs or, you know, whatever. So, and they got to make it up, like, right there on the spot. Yeah, and you have a time you have a time limit, and, uh, yeah, I got wrapped into that show one day and ended up watching it. Because, I, I mean, I wish I grilled, but I don't, because, you know, you were talking about you got to be an asshole to mess ribs up. Well, then I'd be that <laughs> asshole. <laughs> that, that would be me. <laughs> Well, the first time it'd be like chewing on your shoe or something. I, I told you the story about how I got the smoker, right? Somebody in the neighborhood on the back side, so you got to go up the road to the back part of the neighborhood. Somebody had stuck it out in their front yard and said uh, the igniter don't work. Whoever wants it can come get it. Free, free. So Ashley goes, "Hey, call Cameron, who was one of our neighbors at the time. See if you can get his truck and go down there and pick it up." Well, I couldn't get a hold of him. So I drove the Civic back there, and I loaded that bitch up, hanging out of the trunk, and I rednecked it back to George Washington Drive. And a boy. And hence and thereforth, ever since, I've had a smoker. The igniter does not work. All you got to do, you don't want to use a long match or a long lighter. Turn your shit on. There it goes. Ba-bing. Now I've become a master smoker. A master smoker. Like I say, just stick the shit on there, and if you get a meat thermometer, stick it in there if you're if you're not sure, and set your temp. And when that thing beeps, take it out. Would you, would you do anything besides ribs? Oh yeah, I've done uh, I've done a pettyjean ham. So you ah. know they're already smoked, they're already cooked. Yeah, you're just warming it up. And I did that for Thanksgiving. I almost screwed it up. I almost didn't start it early enough. So it was quite the ordeal. I've did uh, I throw burgers in there. I've did oh what else? I think I did a a tenderloin. Now, I hadn't got into like doing a butt yet, like one of them pork butts. Yeah, I plan on doing that, uh, but I hadn't uh, ventured off into it yet. I was going to do a brisket, but last year brisket was insanely expensive, too expensive to be experimenting with. Yeah, so. I hadn't done a brisket yet, but I think the prices have kind of gone down a little bit. And you can kind of get them at Walmart for like 35 bucks. I told Ashley I was going to do a brisket. But that's a whole hell of a lot of meat, man. I'm just wasting money because I don't know who else is going to eat it. So if I do a brisket, I'm going to have to invite a bunch of people over to come participate. I will, I will come and, uh, and I will do a, I'll be a taste tester. I got you down. Confirmed. Yeah, the, the extent of my grilling is like burgers, dogs, you know, the Johnsonville you know, oh, those things are spectacular. And, those are and like you were talking about, easy. Those are easy. You just whenever you see them split, okay, they're <laughs> they're good. <laughs> All right, get them off there. <laughs> yes, I'm a master griller. <laughs> Woo! They're not good until they split, man. They're not even good to eat until you yeah, get them split. And, and some people even like them a little burnt. You know, a little char on there. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, I, so. I, my dad, we used to cook uh, or grill. My, now, my dad didn't grill. He didn't cook any, anything. But we would uh, grill the uh, pork steaks. They were fantastic. I didn't know it was because it's just like about the cheapest piece of meat you can get to put on a grill. But they were great. And my dad down there liked them like a potato chip. Like he wanted them things to crunch when he bit into yeah. it. Yeah. I don't go that far. Well done. Yeah. Beyond well done. Extra done. Oh, but enough about my conquering the master built <laughs> smoker. You've got five fun facts we need to get to. I do, and I'm going to throw a little curveball at you Ooh. like I like to do. Now, just, so just for the record, I haven't forgotten about you're wanting some disturbing facts. You know, uh, the disturbing yes. facts. But Yes, I do. I'm not sure if people are aware but this past Friday was National Donut Day. I did not know that. And there are few things in this world that are better than a hot donut. It's if you can imagine what heaven might taste like if you could take a bite, it would be a hot donut. So I have some interesting facts about donuts. <laughs> I can't wait. All right, now I'll start off with this, and I don't, and I don't, I'm not sure if I've got five. I'm just going to run through them, and we'll just we'll just go from there. But would you like to take a guess? On the most popular donuts in the United States. Is this a brand? Go, no, just a, t- a type of donut, like by sales. Like when you go in there and you say, I'll, I'll just give me a dozen glazed donuts. Or I would think glazed. Glazed is number one. Yes. Now this, I'm not even really sure. What is a cronut? I'm not sure. A cronut. Cronut. I don't believe I've ever heard of such. Unless it's one of those cake donuts. It could be it. That, that, that it. may be what, because uh, we just call them cake donuts around here. But some, yeah, those are good else too. Are Apple fritters made the list. Eh, I'm not a fan. How about donut holes? Oh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Cinnamon twist and then mm. a, just a, a glazed donut with chocolate on top. That's my personal favorite, the chocolate glazed donut. That, those are hard to beat. Although, I can destroy those. What about... The Creamfield Long John. Uh, yes. With the chocolate icing and on it. In Creamfield or not. Either one. And I'm a big cinnamon roll fan. I like them too. I like a good, big, fat, hot cinnamon roll. I remember one time on Man vs. Food, one of his challenges <laughs> was he ate a five-pound cinnamon roll. When they roll, when they would roll the dough out, instead of having like just a normal cookie-cutter circle, they used a top of a five-gallon bucket. Jeez Louise. That's how they made the circle. And then they would take it out, and then, of course, you know, it expands, and it was it was massive. And it had just enough icing on it that would put you in a sugar coma. Did he eat the whole and thing? And he ate the whole mother effer. Yes, he did. What happened to that dude? Adam Rich? Was oh, that no, his this name? was Casey. I don't know anybody else. Uh, Adam Richmond, he, um, he quit doing it. And then this guy's name is Casey Webb. He's a big red-haired guy. He's funny. I like him. Big tubby dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You ain't going to be no Slim Shady eating a five-pound cinnamon roll. Good Lord. So that was back when I had cable and I would watch channels. Kind of like you still do now. Like, like it was yeah. back last decade. Now all I do is watch like YouTube. Or me and Ashley watch some shows on, on Hulu and, and stuff. But I never watch like... The Food Network anymore. Never, never watch it. Yeah, a lot. Uh, I know some folks that they're big. You know, the guy, guy Fieri, the dinners, drives, and dine diners, or whatever. Dinners, drive-ins, and dives. That's is that it. What it is? Yeah. yeah, and uh, they'll watch that. And I, I, I've, I've watched it a couple times. But anyway, okay. Into the donut facts. Do you know why a donut is called a donut? A uh, donut. <laughs> Jeez. Get it? Did you, did you did you hit the laugh track on that one? Because that was no, I don't have it on the SD card. Oh well, Lord! Well, you can put that oh, no. in there because that was just corny as hell. I did get an applause though. I got this SD card in here. I couldn't rearrange the stuff. Oh, there's the laugh track. It's just switch. Buttons. There you go. Hey. Uh, it took everybody else a minute to get it. Wah, wah, wah. Okay, they were originally called oily cakes. Because they were they were actually fried in oil. 
That's how you make them. And they were originally called oily cokes, but that translates to oily cakes. The word donut came a little bit after that when a woman is said to have put nuts in the dough before she fried it. Oh. Hence the name. Nut. Donuts. Does it uh, indicate where it originated from? I think... I think I'm, I think I've got that on here. Sounds very Germanic. Okay. Did you know? Well, I'll just let you guess. How many donuts are consumed by Americans every year? Ooh, in a year? I wouldn't even know how to calculate that. Uh, One hundred million. Ten billion. Yeah. Americans consume over 10 billion donuts every year. We are a nation of fat fucks. An average American eats 63 donuts a year. Wow. You know, I probably do that without noticing. Although I do steer clear. And it's funny you said that because, you know, I'm doing the fasting during the day and I've dropped the 30 pounds and I try not to eat before two, but Friday... Tracy comes in with a cream-filled Long John's. Dude, you can't had, say no to that. I had one and a half. You can't say no to that. Yeah. No, I could not. I was like, well, there goes my fast because I'm not letting this opportunity no. slip by. You would have hated yourself the rest of the day because you would have been saying, damn, I should ate that Long John. And it tasted fantastic. I bet it did. But, you know, I mean, there's like a, there's a freaking donut shop on every street. I mean, heck, there's three donut shops in this town. Yeah, and one of them is like, I mean, they're and they're all really good. I think everybody kind of agrees that Dale's is that's the, kind of the staple because it's just been here for so been long. Been here forever. And then there's that Sunrise Donuts up there that used to be the bank that's right there next to the gas yeah, station. I've never got donuts from there. They're okay. They're not bad. And then there's the one behind the big red now Circle K over across from KFC that. Crown donuts. You know no, that's that's, uh, that's sunshine. Oh, that sunshine. Yeah, that's the one. Oh, it's daylight donuts. It's over uh, by where Fred used to be by the sports shop. Yes, is that what? The, yeah, I'm not eating from there. I, I've had I have had from all three, and yeah, I do not discriminate when it comes to donuts. I mean, you were talking earlier about screwing up ribs. I mean, it's kind of hard to mess up a donut. You've really got to be an asshole to mess up a donut. Okay, would you like to guess? Who eats the most donuts? Like what? Like is it you know? Is it you know Europeans? Is it Americans? Is it? You know? I wouldn't like to guess. I don't know who's top of Americans. Canada, Canadian per capita. Canadians eat the most donuts compared with all world countries. And I didn't know this, or I don't know anything about this, but apparently there's a restaurant in Canada Tim called Hortons. Tim Hortons, and there's <laughs> over. 4,600, um, uh, I guess, of those Tim Hortons up in Canada. And I guess they sell donuts there. I have heard multiple people talk about the Tim Hortons in Canada. And like the first several times they would mention Tim Hortons, I had no concept what they were talking about. Tim Horton was a punt returner at UCA back in the day, back in the mid-'80s. His dad was Harold Horton, who was a head football coach at UCA. I think he coached at U of A for a little bit, too. I think Houston Nutt hired him, Harold Horton. Tim Horton was his son, and he was a fantastic punt returner at UCA back in the 80s when they won a couple of – actually tied for a couple of national championships. But yeah. I remember Tim Horton was like their stud yeah. kick returner wide receiver. So, yeah, they said that contributes to why – Canada is at the is at the top of the donut list. Well, hey, look look at Canada coming in number one at something. You know, right? They're I'm, tired of being America's hat. I know. They're I mean they're usually too busy you know drinking beer or playing hockey or putting maple syrup on their ham <laughs> to worry about anything else. There's not a whole lot hell of a lot to do up in Canada. You know what I've heard about Canada? Like I've heard Toronto is just like New York, but without all the cool shit. Yep, I have heard that. You know, kind people—they're very friendly in Canada. And here's the thing: here. if they call ham Canadian bacon, then what do they call bacon? That's a good question. 
You know, and I got my buddy, uh, Bob McCabe, who's from Toronto, that worked with us at the Sleep Lab. I've never even thought to ask him that. I need to ask him that. I've always kind of wanted to know. Okay. Now, a ship's captain invented the holes in donuts. Cause the, uh, and I also read this, too. The reason there's a hole in the donut is because it cooks even ev- more even that way. If, if you just threw a big wad of dough in there... The outside it would cook before the inside, and ah. so they cut the the hole in there helps it cook more even. But his name was Hanson Gregory, and he was a uh, like I said a ship captain, and he would bring homemade donuts to feed himself and his crew. And back then they were known as fried dough pastries, and they did not have holes in them. Well, one day he was up steering the ship. And he put some of the dough pastries through the spokes of the steering wheel so he could didn't have to hold them in his hand. And that's how the hole in the donut came into existence. <laughs> Man, that is freaking fantastic. I thought you were going to say it was Captain Hook. So he had the hook for the hand. <laughs> he would just stack them on the hook. Yeah, he just put them through his hook. <laughs> no, that's for everybody. For that damn alligator. Get my hand. No donuts for you. <laughs> oh, shit. Tell me you got another fact or two about donuts, man. This is I fascinating. Actually, I actually do. Um, the uh, Do you want to take a guess at the oldest donut company? Mm, I, yes, I want to take a guess at this. The oldest donut company. I'm going out on a limb here. I'm going to say Duncan. <laughs> Uh, it's actually Krispy Kreme. No shit. It was founded in 1937 in Cannington, Western Australia. No wonder it took a while to get over here. Mm-hmm. I never even heard of Krispy Kreme until like 2000. Right. Yeah. But yeah, they're the oldest. Now, I think you are correct that Duncan sells the most donuts. Okay. That makes sense. Um, And I think they have like maybe the oldest chain Maybe, or not chain, but um, or maybe the, the most locations or something like that. But um, that took a long time for that shit to get to Arkansas. Yes, it did. But those are your donut facts, man. Oh, wait. I meant to give you a round of applause, but you got a round of laughter. Oh, well, I mean, it was about donuts. Oh. I mean, so. And I remember. Uh, just being a kid and seeing the commercials, you know, for the time to make the donuts commercials. Yeah. Going, why are we seeing, a, there's not a Dunkin' Donuts in the state of Arkansas. And it was like another 30 years before Dunkin' Donuts got here. The first one that I know of was the one here in Bryant. Yep. That was the first Dunkin' Donuts i ever seen, like, live and in person. Yeah. I, rem- I remember when Krispy Kreme got put in, in Little Rock, at that, you know, that location up there. You know, down the road from the heart hospital. What road is that? Uh, uh, Shackleford. Shackford. And they had that. You'd have that sign in the window. That had, it was like the neon sign that would say "fresh hot donut." Like, like, okay, we just took some donuts out of the oven. And I remember when that place opened. There's freaking line around the corner for donuts. Yes. The first time, and I think now it's closed. Yeah, it's been closed for me. Yeah. It didn't last that long, which was crazy. Yeah, we were living in Austin, Texas, in 2001. And a Krispy Kreme opened up. And it was the first one I'd heard about Krispy Kreme. I hear celebrities talk about Krispy Kreme. And they opened one up in Austin. And it I drove 30 minutes, <laughs> no lie, to go to Krispy Kreme and get some donuts. 30 minutes to bring them back home. I wanted them that bad. They did not disappoint. They so, were fantastic. Sometimes you just got to have a donut. Yeah. You know, you go in there, and they're in the, the, the oven's clear. You can watch them. They go in, and they roll right out, and they come right to you. Hot, fresh. It's sinful. Gluttony. Gluttony is one of the seven deadly sins. Yeah, they're so good. They're, yeah, there's not much better than a hot donut. But, yeah, the Friday, for this past Friday was National Donut Day. And the crazy thing is, you know, there's days for everything now. Pet day, siblings day, and whatever day. And uh, But, yeah, for some reason, I was listening to you know to some radio shows uh when i was at work on the computer and it got brought up like several times 
And I was like, about you know, it being donut day. Yeah, about it being donut day. And I'm like, well, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I'm gonna do a little research and find out a little bit more about the donuts. Now that you mention it, I had a patient didn't tell me, but they mentioned it. So I had told Tracy a couple of weeks ago, like every day, almost daily, we have to go get labels made. So we have to go to the girls that work the admissions desk, and there's several of them, and try to sweet talk them in the printing us labels. Sometimes you can tell, like they got work to do. It's on their nerves. They don't do it. So on a couple of occasions, I have got donuts and just bring a box of donuts in there. Got to grease yeah. the wheels, man. Yes. And I told Tracy that the other day. I said, because I think he took some up there and he was he was like, man, they acted like they didn't want to do them. I said, Tracy, you know what I do? Say, do what you want. I've brought in donuts before on a couple, at least two occasions. I'll just bring in donuts like on a Friday and say, hey, I appreciate y'all not making me feel like a piece of trash for coming up here asking him to get labels printed. So he's like, I ain't doing that. What does he do Friday when he brings it along? He said, I did what I did what you said. I brought I brought him some donuts. I was like, that's a good move, man. That's yeah. A good move. And like there's not there's not I don't know if I've ever ran across someone that has actually uttered the phrase, I don't like donuts. I can't think of anybody. That's just kind of one of those I, I mean I hate to use the word universal, but I mean everybody likes donuts. Yeah, who I mean who could go donuts? <laughs> Dude, those are gross. Oh. No, they're not. They're, they're fantastic. Awesome. I mean they're they're sinful. If you eat too many of them, you're definitely going to get into a sugar coma. Probably going to have some diabetes setting in if you get just go overboard with them. That's what I should have done. You know how you can look up, you know, like what, you know, like what's his name that eats the most hot dogs. I should have looked. I should. I should have looked up if anybody holds the record for eating the most donuts and how many. I bet there's a record out there for that. Well, I mean, gosh, they got records for how many sticks of butter did you eat? No shit. Oh yeah. I, These nah. competitive eaters, man. It's not just. It's not just the Nathan's Fourth of July hot dog. You know the Joey Chestnut. You know. Joey Chestnut, that's the American dude, right? Yeah. Used um, to be the Kobayashi guy, a kid from uh, Japan. I yes. Think. And, um, I mean, they have, I mean, you name it. I mean, these competitive eaters, that's, it's almost like it's their job. I mean, these guys get sponsors and they travel around and go to places like, like who can eat the most asparagus? Oh, you uh, know, and like I said, mm-hmm. the sticks of butter. I've seen, I saw one mm-hmm. when they were doing like the White Castle burgers. Who can eat the most White Castle burgers? And, I mean, there's all. I mean, there's just it just goes on. Any any kind of food you can think of, there's probably somebody that's seen if how much of it they can eat. I imagine so, because that Joey Chestnut guy. I watched a documentary on him. I need to check that he, out. Uh, he he different. He a little different. <laughs> I mean, he seems like an okay guy. Joey, I know you're out there listening. You know, because we're you know we're temple of the hog worldwide. Yes. So I'm not trying to offend, but they show what he does to train to do that. I mean, he's got like this contraption that he that he straps onto his head, and where he's like doing, and it's got like weights on it, and so to like strengthen his jaw muscles and like his neck, and you know, does these like some sort of techniques on his stomach, and then and he'll actually he'll practice like a month before the thing. He'll he'll go out and he'll buy like fifty hot dogs, and cook them up, and see how fast he can eat them. Good God! You know he said there's something like, you know you, you know everybody always thinks that, you know okay well I bet he doesn't eat, like a week before. Well that's that's not going to help because you know when you fat you know your stomach will shrink, so he would eat like a day or two ahead of time like a big meal and it would almost it's almost like stretching. Like he stretches out his stomach. Now, of course, the day of the event, he doesn't eat anything. And then, a wise move. And then he can go out there and and freaking I can't remember. It's like it's like seventy something hot dogs in twelve minutes. Buns too. Now, does he projectile vomit after he's done with the competition? You know, I've often thought about that, and I there I, I just don't see any way that once the cameras get turned off, that he doesn't just walk behind that stage. And hurl and wow. just go. I mean, there's no. I just, I just don't see how you couldn't. I mean, now is Joey Chestnut? Is he a big fat dude? No, 
Because the Kobayashi dude was scrawny. He and he was like in shape. I mean, he was like ripped up and. And and Kobayashi was actually a part of that documentary because he, you know, moved back home and he still does the competitive eating. Now, he hasn't done the Nathans since they kicked him out that one time. I don't know if you remember him and Joey Chestnut were having this back and forth. And Kobayashi had won it like so many years in a row. And then Joey Chestnut came in and won it. And then like the following year, something happened. And Kobayashi, they either he didn't go or, or they didn't invite him. And, like, during the middle of the competition, he just, like, appears and walks out on stage. And, you know, they had to, like, throw him out. And Ooh, like I didn't a, know all this. Yeah, there was, like, a whole big deal. And, uh, hey, I mean, he seems like an all right dude. But, yeah, he still he still does that stuff, um, you know, back home. I guess it's China is where he is. Is that where he's from? I think so. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm not going to hold that against Kobayashi. I could see myself doing something like that. Just say... <clears throat> It's say when the Temple of the Hog really takes off, and then Joe Rogan's got something going on like at the mothership, and we're having this competition to see who's the dominant podcast in the whole world. I could see myself walking up on the stage in the mothership unannounced and having to get run off. Yeah, I'm not sure I would want to tick off Joe Rogan though. I'd love for him to uh, not because I've seen him do like some spinning heel kicks. And it's when he's kicking a a heavy bag, it sounds like somebody's shooting a shotgun. Yeah, he was like, well, I mean, he used to do that for a living. It, it, and he was like on the cover of like Judo Magazine or something one time, doing the splits. I mean, yeah. dude, he was a bad dude. He and, I'm, I'm, and he still looks like he's in pretty decent shape. You know, I'm sure he still works out and stuff. But what if he knocked the shit out of me? I'm saying... I could probably get a couple mil out of him. <laughs> you could, you could pay. You know, there's that, uh, there's that. You know, back in the day when Mike Tyson was just going in there, just annihilating people, and they were like, "Would you get in the ring with Mike Tyson?" And I'm like, "Well, how much money are you giving me to get in there? I ain't doing it for free. <laughs> no shit. I'm not just going to go in there and just get knocked out just for the sake of getting because that's exactly what would happen. And I would probably just walk in there with my hands down and just let him get it over with. Yeah, I just, stick, just stick your chin out there and go, "Let me have it, Mike." Oh, put some stank on it. That that's pretty good. I admire that level of uh, of hero, hero heroism. That's what I'm trying to there say. You go. Heroism. I would cover up, and as soon as he even got close, I'm over in the fetal position. It's over with. That, well, yeah, that's probably a, that's a better idea. Now you know you cover up like <laughs> this. You probably don't get a broken wrist or forearm yeah. if you can catch it there. Yeah, and if your hands are up, God help you if he hits you in the ribs. Oh. Gut shots mm. are the worst. <laughs> but I, I, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to test Mike. Although, have you listened to any of his podcast or watched any of his stuff like on YouTube I have lately? Not, but I've heard about it. Uh, um. Mike Tyson is the wise old sage. I'm not lying. He is a transformed human being from all the stuff that he's gone through. That dude is I'm not saying he's brilliant. He's not super smart. He's just wise. He's been through a lot of shit. Yes, he has. And a, a lot of bad shit. I mean, and he has come out of it like a man who has learned something about himself. And he's pretty remarkable. Yeah, I mean, he's the youngest, and to my knowledge, to this day, the youngest world heavyweight champion ever. Yeah, he was like twenty-one or something, or was he twenty? It doesn't really matter if he was twenty or twenty-one. Could you imagine being the world heavyweight championship of the world when you were twenty, twenty-one years old? It's insane, especially the way he grew up. Uh, you know, his mom kicked him out. Yep. Uh, and then, you know, he found the gym. And then, of course, the custom auto, his trainer, took him in because he saw he saw it. He's yeah. like, okay, I can see it. This guy, he said, he said that when he was a kid in the gym, like, you're going to be world champ one day. Yeah. He said, he t- well, and this was on the show, that Hulu show, Mike, mm-hmm. that I heard Mike Tyson wasn't happy with. But Harvey Keitel plays custom auto in it. And he tells him, he's like, you're the fighter I've been waiting for my entire life. Mm-hmm. I've been waiting on you. My whole life. Yeah, and then when he died, that's kind of when things started going down. He got mixed up, you know, the whole Don King, Don King. And, and all that stuff. But I guess the thing about him is, is a lot of these people, or like you know, famous athletes or whatever, 
when they're done, you don't ever really hear from them again. Mike Tyson has pretty much stayed in the public eye. I mean, well, I mean, since he got famous. Yeah. You know, he's had, like, he's done cameos in movies. Um, hell, I don't know if you've ever seen that thing that uh, Jimmy, is. I think it's Jimmy Kimmel, where he gets somebody out on the street and there's a microphone stand and he asks them, what do you think about Mike Tyson? So they're facing one way and Mike Tyson walks out the door behind them. And so he's standing there listening to what they're saying, and then they turn around, and there's Mike Tyson standing there on the sidewalk. <laughs> Does anybody say anything about Well, that one him? kid was like, man, that dude's crazy. <laughs> he goes, man, he's like he's like three crazy people. And he turns around, and he goes, oh, shit. <laughs> it's Mike Tyson. It's, all, it's great. You need to YouTube that. It's actually pretty funny. I'll check it out. But, uh, <laughs> The hot boxing with Mike Tyson is the name of the of the podcast. Yeah, and, and that's and that's probably part of you know, like I was saying, he can do something like a podcast now because he never r- really was forgotten. You know, he's he's still around. You know yeah. what I mean? I think uh, him and Ali are the two cultural phenomenons. Yeah, that, I mean, there's probably I mean, we've had a bunch of great heavyweight in, in boxing champs. You got Floyd Mayweather's, you got Roy Jones Juniors, and all those guys. But Tyson and I think. Ali's probably the only the other one that yeah that I think can be. Ali he's on a he's nothing against Mike Tyson or any of those guys that you Ali's mentioned on a, he's on, on a different, different level. level I mean it's him you know because not to mention you know you could call him one of the greatest trash talkers that's ever lived the stuff that he would say but then he would get in the ring and back it up yeah you know and and then then there was the whole everything else that he dealt with you know outside of boxing and the so you know refusing to go to vietnam getting stripped of the heavyweight title didn't box for a year or two and then comes back and wins the title again i mean yeah this yeah he was he was something else man he really was and a true humanitarian too so you think about all that going on in the 60s especially the refusing to go to vietnam and think about the the public opinion of people you know conservative people people on the right who really vilified him oh yeah and uh you know and then fast forward 40 years and not that i watch it don't keep up with it but i know like nascar had a thing where they had a muhammad ali caught like like the race was a nascar race was dedicated to muhammad ali and his image was on either all the cars or one of the cars you think about that when you look back in time as to that point in time, how people thought of him, and then to fast forward and see how America views Muhammad Ali as like one of our great heroes, you yes. know. You know, his this the you know, they asked him about well why are you refusing to go to Vietnam? And he was like, I don't know any of those people. He goes, I ain't done nothing to me. Yeah. What do, what do I want to go over and fight them for? You know, that was kinda of, you know, that was kind of his explanation and then one of the funny things do you remember when uh, Muhammad Ali lit the Olympic torch at yes. the Olympics. 96 Atlanta Olympics. Yeah. And he had, I think, the Parkinson's had kind of set in. It, did you hear Joe Frazier? Uh-uh. Joe Frazier said, I always thought I'd climbed up that ladder and thrown him in that fire. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Or he, said, or he said, I wish he would have fell in. <laughs> Somehow or another, he was talking about Muhammad Ali falling into the Olympic torch flame. Damn. I was just fixing to tell the story that I think I heard, like, before one of their fights, you know, they would be on, like, Merv Griffin or something. They were somewhere, and they were kind of getting into it back and forth. And then, I'm pretty sure I heard this story correctly. After that, that Muhammad Ali was in his car, and Joe Frazier comes, and they sit down in the car, and they talk. Uh, like, Joe Frazier was in a bad spot in life, so he was going to Muhammad Ali for advice. So... They were doing that in front of the camera, but off the camera, he's going to Muhammad Ali for life advice about something. And even like before they fight. Yeah. Well, you kind of amazing. Well, there was that one thing. This playing off what you just said. Do you know? You know Mike Webster, the the, the center ba- for the Steelers. Mike Webster. Okay. His last name is what? Chuck. Excuse me. Chuck Webner was his name. The white dude that was a boxer. Yes, yeah. who he claims that the movie Rocky was based off his life. Okay, yeah. Because he fought Muhammad Ali, 
and and his nickname was the Bayonne Bleeder, which I think is fantastic because they said you could just thump this guy on the head and it looked like you stabbed him. I mean, he was just <laughs> just gushing blood. But he was good enough that he got to fight Muhammad Ali, and they were going on one of those talk shows. Might have been like Dick Cavett or one of those, you know. Yeah, Dick Cavett, Merv Griffin. Yeah. Whenever, I'd, I'd never seen those on TV when I was a kid, yeah. but you'd hear about them. So, same thing. Muhammad Ali grabs Chuck backstage, and he's like, hey, man. He goes, when we get out there, we're going to, we got to, you know, we got to build up interest for this fight. You know, we're going to get in here. He goes, I want you to call me the N-word. <laughs> and he said, no. He said, I'm not doing that. And he, ref- and he refused to do it. So when they get out there on camera, Mom and all, he says, you know what this guy called me backstage? He <laughs> made it out to be like he did it. And then the thing is, you know, they got in there to get in. They got in there to fight. And, of course, uh, Wepner claims that he knocked Muhammad Ali down, which he did fall down. But it, he got him, like, up under the ribs. It was a body shot. But if you go back and you look, he was standing on Ali's foot. He was stood uh, on the top of his yeah. foot. So when Ali moved, went to move back, he fell down. He claims he knocked him down. Muhammad Ali, of course, he didn't. Of course, Muhammad Ali went on to just beat the shit out of this guy, and he ended up winning the fight. But this that uh, Chuck to this day I can't remember what his job is, but his business card is the picture of Ali on the ground with him standing over him, <laughs> it, and that's what he's known as. And then, of course, then fast forward to Sylvester Stallone actually met with him, talked to him about a story. The guy was supposed to have a little cameo in the movie, and then nothing happened. And then all of a sudden, boom. There's Rocky, white dude, nobody, getting a shot at the title against a trash-talking heavyweight champ, which was Apollo Creed, you know. And he said, and uh, basically, he said that that he he stole my he stole my life story, and I didn't get any money, I didn't get any credit. And oh. I think they went to court over it, and I'm not sure if there was a settlement, but I think some money exchanged hands. Ah, and now we hear Stallone getting pissed off because of this new Creed movie. He wasn't he, in so, it. Yeah, somebody stole it from him. Yeah. I heard him bitching about that so, the day. You know, but hey, Sly's made, good God. You could run down the, I mean, it'd take us an hour to run down the, he, he's got money. You got yeah, money, Sly, not, you're he, good, man. He's not hurting. One more story about Muhammad Ali that I heard. I mean, and there's millions of them. All right, go ahead. But uh, it was, uh, remember the. Tag team, the Rock and Roll Express. Absolutely. Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson. Hell yeah. I heard Ricky Morton was talking about they were at, uh, I don't know what event it was. He goes, but I come backstage and everybody's saying, Muhammad Ali's here. Muhammad Ali's here. He goes, I go backstage and Muhammad Ali is sitting in the floor with my son, who's like two or three, playing Hot Wheels with him. He said, that was the most amazing thing I ever seen in my life is to walk in and see Muhammad Ali down on the floor playing Hot Wheels with my son. So that just goes to show you what kind of human being Muhammad Ali was. Yes, there's always the, especially when you're, you know, because at the time, it's it's not crazy to say that he was the most famous person on the planet. I Absolutely. mean, anywhere that he went, people would know him. And there's always the public perception Oh, this guy, all he does is run his mouth, and now he's just some stupid boxer. But then nobody knows about that, yeah. about the other stuff, the way that he is away. When he's away from all that stuff, you know, how is he? Yeah. Which is probably, you know, that's the real him. All the other stuff's for show. And, he, and to credit to him, he knew it was for show. And he got super famous and made a lot of money yeah. doing it. And become an American icon. He is a... Uh, a beloved figure for all of time. Yep. His daughter became a boxer, Layla. And she's beautiful. She was too. the world champ. She is beautiful. Yes, she is. Yes, she is. Oh, man, we got off on Muhammad Ali. That took us down a rabbit hole, which I enjoyed immensely. Yep. Oh, we're still wrong. Yeah, we have talked about minutes. sports enough here lately. And I'm just going to throw this out there because I know we don't talk about NBA basketball. The finals are currently going on. Denver Nugget, Miami Heat, tied, one game apiece. Um, looks like it's going to be a pretty decent series. I normally don't watch the NBA unless it is the playoffs or the finals. Um, 
But I heard this the other day, and I'm sure this is widely known and people know it, but I want to go ahead and say it anyway, in case you don't. Pat Riley, you know, is the he's works upstairs for the Heat, the Miami Heat. He's like a executive of you know I didn't know he was still with him. Oh yeah. So if you count when Pat Riley was a player, when he was an assistant coach, when he was a head coach, and when he was like an executive or president of operations or whatever his official title is, he has been in and a part of 19 NBA Finals. Jesus Christ. 19. Good God. Is that the record? Oh, gosh, yes. That's not even close. Now, well, you know, you also you got to think about the Celtics back in the day. They actually, about Red Arbach. They won, well, they won 11 championships. You know, Bill Russell has more rings than fingers. Well, it did. God, God. You know, rest in peace, so. uh, Bill Russell. But he had more rings than fingers. He had eleven rings, and so okay, there's eleven. And I and I know that when Red Arbach stepped down from coaching, he stayed as like the president of the Celtics. And you know, because I think it's the first coach that he hired was Bill Russell. Um, he was like a player coach because he was still playing at the time. First first black coach ever in the NBA, and, and in Boston on top of that, which is. Amazing. Yeah, and then I think not known for their uh, and, hospitality. And uh, I can't remember if I can't remember when Red Arbach died. If he was around when you know Casey Jones was the coach, and when Bird and McHale and Parrish and those you know Danny Ainge and those guys won their three. But um, yeah, I'm pretty sure 19. I mean that's 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 strong that's right there, phenomenal. dude. Yeah, but always surprised me too before I realized. Uh, you know, uh, surnames. I always thought Pat Riley had to be an Italian dude the way he always had his hair slipped back. He, he looked, looked like a mafia guy. He looked like he's straight out of Goodfellas. He does. Those his suits. Riley. So I guess he's in the Irish Those mafia. suits, man. Clean. Hair slicked back. Yes, sir. He always looked on point. Yeah. he. Uh, I don't know if you watched that um, series. It was on HBO called Winning Time. I have not, but I want it's to watch good. that. And uh, Adrian Brody plays pat riley no shit in the movie yeah does and, uh, yes he does really good and uh john c or uh yeah john c, john c. Riley, riley is dr jerry buss and i kind of on a side note i heard because i don't know if you heard this will ferrell is fixing to make a movie and he's going to play john madden i just saw that the other the day well apparently will ferrell was in the running to play that to play Dr. Buss in winning time and then John C. Riley got it and I heard that Will wasn't too happy about it and him and his good buddy John C. did not speak for a while. What? Yep. That's unbelievable. Talladega Night Step Brothers. Yes. Although I think the fractures came with the uh, Sherlock Sherlock Holmes. Holmes. It was... I never attempted to watch it. I heard too many bad things about it. John C. Will, love you man. Love a lot of your movies. No, couldn't say it. No, it, that that's 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 right up there with freaking Adam Sandler's Jack and Jill. I mean, <laughs> that was just a horrible piece of trash, hot garbage. It was so awful. And I've I've watched a lot of bad movies, and I'll be sitting here and I'll start a movie, and it might be crap, but I'm the kind of person I got I got to see how it ends. You know, how does it end? Does you know maybe does the ending save this other crap? I couldn't get through that movie. Charles wow. couldn't do it. Her Holmes and Watson, or whatever it was called. Couldn't yeah, that's what it. it was. Holmes and Watson. Oh, good God Almighty! It's awful. Oh, here's a, here's an interesting fact on top of that, which I will tell you, and you can Google it if you want to. But uh, so it was uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle who wrote Sherlock Holmes books. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Sherlock Holmes was based on a doctor. Out of Edinburgh, Scotland, named Joseph Bell. There you go. Long lost relative. Uncle Joey was the inspiration for the character Sherlock Holmes. There you go. And in my opinion, the best movie that has been about Sherlock Holmes was Sherlock Holmes with Robert Downey Jr. I did enjoy that. Was those. good. Though, and even the sequel was good. I was wondering how 
Robert Downey Jr. was going to pull off the accent, and I think he did a marvelous it, job. It was that, yeah. That's I, re- I like those. I, those are good movies. I did. It, how many of those did they make? Well, like two. I think there was two. Yeah. And I watched, and you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a yep. uh, movie snob. Jude Law played Watson. Uh, Watson. Mm-hmm. Yep. Both did a, I like those movies, and, and I'm really, I've been off the big blockbuster movie kicks for a while. Uh, we all know how I feel about the Marvel movies, superhero movies in general, but that one, it's not a superhero movie, but. I enjoyed the Sherlock Holmes movies. Yep, those were good. good. And I'll, I'll bring up another uh, series that you're not too fond of, which is the Fast and the Furious franchise. Mm. And yes. I took my boys to go see Fast X the other day, or Fast 10, whatever you want to call it, you know, Roman numeral. I call it Fast X because I think that sounds cooler. But, yeah, I took them to go see it. Jason yeah, Momoa, Aquaman, is the is the villain um, his character is nothing what you think it would be like. Um, there, he's, there's actually a lot of comedy from him in it. Um, you know, I won't you know ruin it for anybody that hasn't seen it or wants to go see it. But it it, it was okay. I mean, you know, just when you think they can't get any more crazy with you know car chases and you know, explosions and car crashes, and I I I, I would like to find out. How many cars have been destroyed in the Fast and the Furious franchise? Probably a bunch. Because, dude, I mean, this one was like, it, it was nonstop. So, and I, this won't really ruin it for anybody, because if you're a fan of all of those movies, then you'll actually enjoy this if you haven't seen it. I saw on there, on this thing, that, that the director said, this is going to be, this is it. This is the last Fast and the Furious that we're doing. So there you go. So I'm sitting there and watching the movie. I won't tell you how it ends, but something something's fixing to happen. And then credits. And my oldest son looked at me and he goes, What what the heck? He goes, What was that? And I said, I have no idea. I said, So let's wait. So we're sitting there waiting because you know now all these movies you'll, they'll show like the first part of the credits and they'll have like a bonus scene. Sneak something in. Well, the premise of this one is that in Fast... Excuse me if I get this wrong because there's ten of them. I think it was Fast Five. The one where they were in Rio, I believe. And they steal the gangster's money where they hook the cables up to the safe and they hook the cables up to their cars and they pull the safe through the wall and they're dragging it through the streets well the guy that's after him trying to get the money back the rock was in this one and he had his team and everything and he had killed some of his team members well of course there's a wreck the guy's laying on the ground the rock walks by boom shoots him he goes that was for my team you some bitch and that's what he says so this one jason momoa that was his dad that got killed and I'm sitting there wondering the whole movie. I'm like, okay, well, yeah, Dom Toretto, uh, Vin Diesel's character, I said he had something to do with it. I said, but he's not the one that killed him. So what do you think the bonus scene is? This guy, these cops bust into this warehouse wearing their full tactical gear, you know, their face shields, face guards, and all of a sudden there's like a recorded message that pops up, and it's Jason Momoa's voice. And he goes, yeah, he goes, I got Dom. He goes, but I know you're the one that actually shot him. So now I'm coming after you. And he takes off his mask and it's the rock. So now what they're doing is the way they got around the, this is the last one. It's going to be part two. So it's like they, they made a, they made the movie, but then split it in half. Oh, sons of bitches. So now there's going to be like a fast 11, you know, or a, or a 10.5 or what. However, they're going to do it. They're never going to stop making those. No, I, it's, it was the number one movie in America when it opened. I mean, people love them. It's just if you want to just go have fun and just see an action movie and car chases and hot chicks and good looking dudes and, you know, it, that that's there you go. All your needs are met. That's your bag. Well, that uh I hadn't been to a, what was the last movie I went and saw in the theater. Oh, I think it was Elvis was the last one I went and saw. Good movie. 
a fantastic movie. Really good Love movie. It. It's it, another one of those. I'm reluctant to watch. I don't know. And I go and I, I'm just blown away by the performance in them. Uh, yeah. I think they're. And I think it's all, uh, Tom Hanks. Is that is that the first jackass he's ever played in a movie? You know, usually he's the good guy or the funny guy or the. You yeah, know, I by, the, so. by the end of that movie, you were not a fan of Colonel Tom Parker. No, not at all. You weren't a fan. No, we, and you saw exactly how he fucked Elvis' shit up. Yes, yes, he did. And then, of course, I can't remember who, what's the actor's name that plays Elvis? Austin Rivers. Yeah, you, no, you, Austin, I guess you heard about how he, had to, how he had to go like, to therapy and stuff after they were filming. Yeah, uh, I didn't hear about that. Yeah, because he, he was like so engrossed in the elvis character and he still talks with the southern accent that, that's no lie i heard him on a uh it was mark maron's wtf podcast i'd seen that he was a guest on there so i turned it in to listen and he's like i worked on this accent for three years and it's like stuck i can't so now he talk. can't drop it yeah he can't drop it it's still there he's still when you're listening to him on an interview it's, he still sounds like the elvis from you the heard movie. how he got the role I think it was a Denzel. Yeah, they, they were doing some kind of Broadway show, and and Denzel, you know, knew the guy that was making the Elvis movie, and he goes, "Well, you got, I got a kid here, you need to look at." And there you go. Next thing you know, he's Elvis. I wonder if he'll ever be able to shake that role, like Austin Butler. What's he gonna do now? There's I don't know. Elvis. Cause it that was, was good. It was I, it, it was a really good movie. I, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yep. I even got like at the end. Kind of, oh, when they showed the real, yeah. like real footage of Elvis, like one of the last shows he did in Vegas mm-hmm. when he was all bloated, where the guy was having to hold the microphone. Yeah. He didn't have a microphone stand; he was just holding it in front of his. And was he doing? Uh, what's the song? Um, oh Jesus Lord! What song was he singing at the end of the movie? Truth is marching. Is that it? Glory, glory, hallelujah! Yeah, that American anthem or American, American trilogy? American trilogy was that it? I think so. Okay, I can't remember because I know they're in the they're in the limousine, and he's talking to Priscilla, and then I think it just kind of cuts to that uh, where it kind of goes into where he's, you know, yeah. you can tell the movie's coming to an end because it starts getting real heavy in the theater. Ashley's bawling right next to me because we know how it ends. Yeah, we know how this story ends. Exactly. It's kind of like that's kind of like going to watch the Titanic and you're pissed because the boat sinks at the end of the movie. Yeah, it's like, what the fuck? I thought for sure they was going to, you know, manage to get around that well, they're fucking iceberg. Make it. What happened? No, the, the boat sinks. Yeah. And all <laughs> them. Can you imagine how freaking miserable it must be to be in the North Atlantic in whatever, November, any time of the year, that water's going to be cold, but it's like November or something. Bro, The it would take about... 30 seconds for hypothermia to set in if you were in that water. Oh, yeah. I'll be praying for hypothermia. That's going to be a excruciating 30 seconds in that cold ass turned water. into a popsicle. Sure enough, did. What a sad, sad turn of events uh, for people on the Titanic. <laughs> really? What a shame. I mean, you're on the most unsinkable ship that's ever been made. Yes. Heading to America, looking for a new life, especially those poor Irish people getting out of, you know, they're coming out of the potato famine over there, going to find a new life just to end up in the cold-ass ocean, and that's how you meet your demise. Yep. What and he wasn't Jack, Jack Dawson wasn't even supposed to be on the ship. He won his ticket playing cards. That's right. Jumped on there at the last second. That, that, now, he did it for the... Was he, was he following the chick on there, or did oh, he no, meet he, her on the boat? He didn't meet Rose till they were on the boat. Remember, she was going to jump off. She was on the railing, and he saw her, and then she slipped, and then he grabbed her and pulled her over, and then that's that's how that whole thing got started between those two. <sighs> and then, you know, uh, Kathy Bates. Yeah, Kathy Bates was the mom. Yeah, she's the one that invited him to dinner. And when he came to dinner, he was wearing his tux and everything. and You know, they just started from there. Uh, what was the uh, oh the uh, who was the rich p- dudes on there? The, was it the Astors? Yeah, ja- uh, Jacob Astor. Mm-hmm. Well, the, Billy the sh- Zane. Billy Zane. <laughs> Played yeah, that's the not, jackass. Yeah, he was the dickhead dude. Has he been in anything since then? Uh, only thing I remember him being in besides that was Back to the Future. <laughs> he was in Tombstone. He, he was, was like, in, since. Yeah, he was in uh, Biff's Gang. 
he was he was in back of the future. make like a tree and, and get, get out of here yeah <laughs> i don't think he was the one that wore the 3d glasses but he was yeah he was in he was in biff's crew that one slipped right by me but uh, from tombstone and then i don't know he was in a couple of other things but anyway the uh the rich dudes once the ship's going down and everybody's freaking out and then the uh, the aster dude comes down in his tux and he's like oh we're prepared to go down like gentlemen like, that's some balls right there yeah that was one of the guys was uh i don't know if you ever or know anything about the soap opera the young and the restless that was him victor newman get the mustache yeah yeah i, I can't think of his real eric something but uh, but if he was Victor Newman on that's the dude that's he's yeah. the dude that comes down he's playing I think it's the the Ashter yeah and I can't remember how they got rich bankers or something in New York yeah uh, but yeah they, they just come down like straight gangsters man like yeah. prepared to go down like a gentleman I'm like I'm not I'm shitting my pants bro yeah. I'm going to use you as a flotation device that's right I don't want to get in cold water man it, it, it's, it's awfully. Oh, that would be that'd be like a getting a thousand needles stabbed in. Oh you. my God, yes, absolutely. Yeah, I remember one time we were at the lake. I think it was Lake Hamilton, and if you go over like where the dam is, like on the oh, back side, oh, that water's cold by a dam, dude. That shit is freezing cold. You can stand on the bank and feel how cold the water we, is. We were thought we were gonna be cool and jump in that motherfucker, and I could not get back in the boat fast enough. You ever seen that movie, The Toy, with Richard Pryor? <laughs> Where he's going on the Where he gets out there in the pond and the kid's screaming at him, there's piranha in there. He's like, there are no piranha. And then the next thing you see, all that bubbles and shit around him and he jumps up and he's running on top of the water. That was me. And then he gets back over here on the bank and he's got all the holes and shit in his shirt. He goes, there's piranha in there. <laughs> Oh, my brother took me to see that movie when it came out at the theater. No, I remember dude, that. That's so good. And then, of course, something that you didn't really think about at the time. You know, the little kid, his last name was Bates. And then yeah. he was Master, Master Bates. Bates. <laughs> that old German guy was trying to get, uh, what was his name? Mr. Brown. Yeah. He was trying to get in his pants. It helped. Remember, Jackie Gleason was his dad. Yes. Yeah. U.S. You ass. That's how, his, that's how his wife would say it. You ass. <laughs> He's got that part where he goes, it's you ass, not you ass. <laughs> I loved that movie when I was a kid. Oh, man. Speaking of freezing water and why it's so torturous, I was already afraid of it anyway, but I did that Tough mutter. I might have talked about this before. We had to go into a dumpster full of ice water. Oh. And it's, uh, once you go in, there's no getting out. There's two boards that kind of go not halfway down but you got to crawl underneath them mm -hmm. so you go down a chute you come out there's chicken wire you ain't getting out they, i mean you, you got to go through it and as soon as i hit that water and i come up my whole body locked up and my buddy lee had already been through and i'd been telling him i'm like dude this is the thing i'm most terrified of yeah it'll take your breath out away from you too my whole body cramped i just look at him I'm like, cramp he's like dude you got to go under the boards i managed to get under one and then there's another one you got to go under another board and then you can crawl out and it was torture yeah i did i did the uh warrior dash twice i don't think it had ice in it the, like you had any kind of ice thing to go through but yeah i never i never did the tough motor but yeah i can't imagine you know you're all hot and sweaty and everything and then all of a sudden you just jump into a freaking ice tub yeah that thing was like 12 miles and this was about mile eight so he was going it's all right man after you get out of that water you're gonna get a burst of adrenaline but i was already adrenaled out <laughs> I'm like, I got like three, four more miles to go with this shit. Yeah. But I made it. My feet swole up. I had shoes that were too small because I thought I was going to be smart and get so my, you know, it's a tough mudder. So we brought duct tape to put around our shoes. And then we managed to finagle some uh, Merrill shoes from the people that are like, oh, yeah, wear these. You know, you wear them for the mudder. It's like, you know, sponsorships. I'm like, great. Oh, yeah. I'll just get some a size too small put them on make sure they're good and snug yeah once you get to about mile six your feet start to swell from running yeah all that way and then i had to limp the rest of the way because my toes were all scrunched in there damn it was pretty it was dumb it was a very dumb move <laughs> but i survived yeah we're too old and 
Too old and slow now to do those. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to do another one. Yeah, I had no no desire. Bro, we knocked out like a full... What We just hit the one hour mark. Like that very second I just said that. Perfect. Perfection, son. We rolled it out. <laughs> no Max this week. Max came in for two. Return he, to the Max. Ah, oh, dude, that was so awesome. I hit him up. I was like, hey, man, can I use this picture for the socials? That's a good I want one. to use it in Return of the Max. <laughs> and what I didn't know, because I think I did that on Instagram, and I was able to find it, and then I tried to put it on TikTok. And uh, so I had it on TikTok, but nobody had looked at it. Nobody. And I told Max, I was like, look it up, check it out, because I kind of varied it up a little bit to put it on TikTok. So he, he looked it up, and he goes, well, um, it has only your friends can see it, so you have to switch it to everyone. So I was like, oh, okay, well, I want to do that, because I always make sure that it goes out to the public. Yeah. Well, copyrights to the song. So I had to switch up, get another song that was free. It's some song from Juicy J. It's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Juicy J from 3-6 Mafia. His name is Juicy J? Yeah, from the 3-6 Mafia. Well, he sounds cool. He, uh, yeah, he's the coolest J I know. <laughs> Oh, don't forget about Z. Here's Jay-Z. Yeah, he's not nearly as cool as Juicy Jake. <laughs> They're from Memphis. <laughs> I could never could listen to 3-6 Mafia. I thought, man, that's some satanic shit right there. You can't even listen to that. That is That will doom you to eternity of hell fire just by listening to the 3-6 Mafia. But I don't know if that's true or not. I didn't take yeah, I don't know. He might be. I'm not saying it's not true, but you might be. You might be overthinking that one. That might be. You say the Three Six Mafia when they were on Jackass at one time. Yes. <laughs> and then the uh, Chris Pontius drank the <laughs> dude bull semen. That was. I, I'm telling you something. <laughs> I had to look away. I had to look away. I'm like, there's there, that. No. Why? What are you? Wait, why? What the hell are you doing? Oh, I mean, Jesus, Lord. And the thing is, is he kept it down. He didn't even, <laughs> you would think that he would drink it and immediately throw up. And it was like he was drinking a fucking milkshake. I'm like, this guy is out of his mind. You want to put some whipped cream on top of it and make it a little bit better? Good grief. Oh, shit. All right. That's it. We're going to draw this to a conclusion on that. No outro music. We just got to pretend like it's... Uh, Take us out, it's Todd. A, oh, uh, goodbye, everybody. We'll be back next week. Uh, I hate long goodbyes, so uh, see you next time. Later. Woo-hoo! <laughs> <laughs>